Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the JT Fox Podcast Network, and you are all in for a treat. I have found the female version of me. She's obviously younger than me, um, more accomplished than me, but when I grow up, uh, I hope she aspires to, to, to surpass me to the highest of levels. She probably already has. She is straightforward, no BS, and in a world where we're all getting lied to on Instagram with jets and planes and helicopters and all this, it's nice to, to see someone who just gives it straight, which I get a lot of heat. I don't know if she does for being no BS as well. She's the master at sales, the master at understanding at business, master at relationship. There isn't too many things that she doesn't do, but my bookcase is much nicer than hers. Uh, even though mine's fake and her is, yours is fake, big, yours is fake. Your, mine is fake. Mine is fake. But uh, it sounded good when I said it. So Shari, I said Sherry or Shari. I don't even know. We didn't even talk. We just went it's straight. Sherry. I was named after Sherry Lewis, which was way before your time. Yeah, I went. I passed. My my my. I started at Vanilla Ice, right? So for me, it was Vanilla Ice, and then that's where my world started. And then from there, which ironically, I now know him very well. I had him in an event. Everyone was like, oh, one hit wonder. Turns out he's worth hundreds of millions, done real estate. But it was kind of funny. So I went down, like I got Jewel at my event one time. I had a crush on her. So I got, so everyone I've ever wanted, I just, as I go up the ladder, and then I saw your video on Instagram and I was blown away as well. So let's dive right into it before we get to life story. You're a master at sales. Most people can't sell. I can sell anything to anyone now. It used to be my biggest weakness. I heard you explain the concept of sales and it was so bang on. And, and I even learned a couple of things myself. And so why do you think people are not good at sales? So many reasons. Um, I think there's the skill to sell and the will to sell, and both are important. Um, I think anyone can learn to sell, but I think a lot of people don't know how to sell because they don't have the patience. It takes patience to listen. They want to present. What a bad salesperson does is what they think sales is, is talking. I love the Calvin Coolidge saying, nobody ever talked, nobody ever listened themselves out of a job. So a lot of sellers think, oh, I'm going to present my product, right? I'm going to present my solution. When in fact, they're way better off doing their homework, getting to know everything they can about their prospect and asking the right questions and listening, finding a problem, getting consensus on the problem. And if you find a problem and they agree that's a problem, you're 90% there. But also to their, their feature benefit. They're like, here's my product. Here's my service. Here's my investment. But they're not benefit driven. It's it's always WIFM, right? So they, right. they think that their product, whatever their product is, it's the best and, and it's the greatest. And so they're selling, the way of selling is wrong. Don't you think they're not? They're just kind of like, here's what I have. Here's my product. Here's how much it is. And it becomes a transactional where people do business with people they like, first and foremost. Am I wrong here in that assessment? All, all things being equal, people do business with people they like. All things being unequal, people do business with people they like. At, at the end of the day, um, what I love to ask salespeople all the time, and I'm going to ask this of you, um, we've learned in Sales 101, everybody knows there's two things you need in order to succeed in sales. Number one, you need your competency. You need to know your product. And number two, you need your empathy. You need to know your customer. And I love to ask this in a big crowd when I'm on a big stage, what's more important, empathy, knowing your customer or competency, knowing your product. If you had to choose just one, which would you choose? Well, you, you, you basically laid it out with your previous question to be empathy, knowing your customer, uh, because you can know your product doesn't mean you sell it and doesn't know how to convey it to somebody else's life or how it plays with their business, their life and their environment. It's actually a trick question. Um, they're uh -huh. both equally important. Empathy and competency 
make up 90% of persuasion. What is sales? But you're missing one part though. You're missing the confidence part, right? So competency builds confidence. And without confidence, often there's no sale because sometimes you may know your product, you may know your service, but if you're in front of someone, like you come across like me, boom, very confident, know what your stuff, own it, don't matter. You and I didn't prepare. We didn't talk before. We clicked, we hit it off within 10 seconds. Um, you know, you had beef jerky. I had some beef jerky. It was a wonderful jerky experience, right? I had my little, I, I have my little bird jerky. We literally, I had, yeah, we literally had. The, the we same. had to have a hunk of meat. Yeah. When she said that, I, I thought it was a hashtag to that. I thought it was, I, was, I thought that was a trick question to be honest with you. But a lot of people don't have that confidence. And so when they're fearful, because I always find when you're selling, especially in person and, and now in Zoom, phone may be different. People are literally staring at your face. Like they're trying to see like, what's wrong? Where's the scam? What's the catch, right? And so don't you think that that the confidence is also as important as well? Because if you appear, no one wants to buy a product or serve it from someone that's more scared than them. That, that's true. But I also believe, um, according to Harvard Business Review, so it must be true. Oh, Harvard. Um, yes. We're going there, right? 90, oh, absolutely. Because I didn't graduate college, but I do teach at Harvard now. So that was like a big thing for me. Like, right. Did I, you I get a t-shirt? Did you get the t-shirt? And now I'm actually, they use my book as their official textbook. So that felt good as a college dropout. But but what I was going to say is that um, empathy and competency make up 90% of persuasion. Okay. But the order matters. Empathy gets you in the door. Competency, reliability, integrity, and let's say confidence keeps you there. But I also believe, JT, and I think this is important, is that when you know your customer, when you have frameworks when you know, have the skill, when you know your customer, you know everything about them. And then you also have the competency. That's what creates confidence. I see. Now I, I'm going to skip to something, right? When I see you, I don't see a woman, right? I see an entrepreneur uh, individual. The thought of a woman never even uh, comes to my mind. And we have a lot of, of a generation now. And I've said this before, women are better at business than men. I've said this on stage almost everywhere in the world I've spoken. But I feel like there's like, I'm a woman salesperson. I'm a woman coach. I'm a woman entrepreneur, started. right? I'm a, I am Don't getting get started, started because it offends every single A player female like yourself, because it says to them that they can't sell men, but because, well, I'm a woman, you already have the woman vote. I just think you need to convince the other side. And I think it attracts not people like yourself of high level say, hey, listen, men, women, I don't care. This is what I do. What do you think about this? People who use the woman thing. I'm a woman coach. I'm a woman speaker. I'm a woman entrepreneur. Because I never said to you I was a man speaker last time I checked. Yeah, don't get me started. And this is very unpopular. And I'm going to tell you how I really feel. Whenever I'm on a podcast or an interview or what's it like being a female entrepreneur? I I never thought (laughs) about my gender and I never thought about my sexual parts. It never occurred to me. I just knew I needed to be good. I knew I needed to work hard. I knew I needed to have courage, practice, discipline, all those things that make people successful. I will say, yes. Has there been discrimination for people of color? Yes. Has there been discrimination for women? Yes. But I will also say, if you focus on what's wrong instead of on what's right, you're going to create more of that. So I look at it and I say, okay, are some things harder because of X? Yes. But everybody's got something. Maybe you're short. Maybe you have a disability. Maybe you're a quadriplegic. Maybe you grew up poor, whatever it is. Don't focus on what you don't have. Focus on what you do have. And I will tell you, as a woman, I think we have amazing benefits. I always say a woman has the crazy ability to flirt with both a man and a woman at the same time. 
and in a good way. I don't mean flirt like sexual flirt. I mean like beef jerky, like hunk of meat, like hunk of meat. The hunk of meat. If I said hunk of meat, I'd get a hashtag. I just oh, you'd be in trouble. And I never called you a hunk of meat, did I? No, you said I need a hunk of meat, and I hadn't met you for three seconds, which I have to. But I did not call you a hunk of meat, or I'd be in trouble. Right, but correct. But you know how it could be spin. I could then go in front of congressional, be like, she said to me that she won my hunk of meat. And then I could say like a $20 million lawsuit. And then you're like, I never said that it's he said versus she said. And, and that's the kind of the world that, that that kind of is right now, right? Where everyone has to be very careful. Yeah. Everyone gets easily offended. And by the way, you're kind of straightforward and no BS. So you have to rub, ruffle some feathers. Your style is very much like me, right? Here's what's on my mind. I'm gonna tell you what it is because I'm not gonna sugarcoat it. Cause there's a lot of people who lie to people, right? They tell them their idea, their product is good. They don't wanna hurt their feelings. And then they go on to keep making the same mistake. So on one hand, everybody thinks they're great at sales. I'm pretty much sure, like me, you will destroy some people say, you're not good at sales. You, you're good talking, but you're going around in circle. You give them the truth. They get offended. And rather than saying, you know what? Maybe she gets, she makes a really great point. She now made me uncomfortable. I need to become better. Then you turn the bad guy. And it's been happened to me. So maybe it's different for you. Um, and so do you see that you're, you're straightforward? is a polarization. Obviously it makes you stand out and successful, but has it polarized a little bit? Well, I will tell you, I am careful um, because I'm in corporate America. So we work with fortune 500 companies, um, you know, household names. And so you do have to be careful. I will tell you what happened to me when my book first came out. Um, I got to premiere in Salesforce's movie as one of 20 sales experts. I was so excited, you know, cause Salesforce, you know, obviously one of the biggest B2B companies. And I'm getting on the, the call. It was a Zoom call like this one. And my book is called Heart and Sell. So I got this beautiful cashmere sweater with a big red heart on it. It was around Valentine's Day. And they all said, are you ready? Are you ready? I said, are you kidding me? I have a heart on. <laughs> Everybody just wow. started to crack up. I'm like, oh my God. So what did I do? I made t-shirts that said heart on for sales. Heart on. And you know, I have a heart on for sales. And I thought it was hilarious and it was really funny. And I will tell you, we in, this was only five years ago. We do not sell those t-shirts anymore. We don't give them away. I do think you have to know your audience and I think it's important. And so, no, I don't say the F-bomb. No, I don't have off-color jokes um, depending who I'm in front of, right? So do I like to have a little fun? Yes. Do I like to do videos where I'm, I have a shotgun or I'm on a horse or I'm, you know, rock climbing or doing something crazy? Yes. But you do have to know your audience and you do have to be careful. So no, I try not to offend people because I know my audience. So let me, let's go. And people are always wondering, this is amazing. Who is this woman? Which by the way, you and me, we probably have told our life story 400 million times. We're probably bored. We should create a new one sometimes. So give us the 90 second on the background, just for context for the audience. I already know it because I, I, I researched you do? it. Before. Well, then why don't you tell me? I want to know think, what you know. I, 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 here's the thing too. I don't like doing it because I get in trouble for missing parts. And interesting too is I don't like talking about the past. I really don't. When people ask me, how did you start? Because how I start is different than how anybody would start today, right? Because I think I'm worried about what am I doing today? What am I doing tomorrow? And I think there's a lot of people talk about like 30 years ago in 1932, or I had a newspaper route, or I had a lemonade stand. Anybody, anytime, I don't know if you've heard this before. They say this, they say, what do you do? Well, I started in business when I was five. I'm like, you're not successful. They're like, how do you know? Because you just started when you were five. Like the fact that you said to me, you had a lemonade stand, you're five. I already know, because if you have to go back back then to give me that you started a lemonade stand as part of your introduction, 
you're not. Obviously, you're one of the top sales authority. Um, you speak all over the world. You're a keynote. You're a machine. And obviously, we now are going to call you Harvard. Um, and you didn't pay to go to Harvard, too. You know, those like one-week classes where people take and all of a sudden they go to Harvard. That's so you're, Pardon me? Yeah, it's like 40 grand. Yeah, four, 40 grand, three weeks. I have a buddy, Mitch, who, who just did it. He, he did it for the T-shirt. He actually said it was quite good, actually. A lot of high-level people. It's good networking. So is there anything in your past that you think that would be worth talking that we, the audience here, can learn from? Or is it just, it's a new world, a new way of doing it, which you clearly adapted to? Um, or should we just like skip that part and get to the other questions? I will tell you um, the encounter that changed my life more than any other count. Thank you. By the way, it's an honor that you mentioned me today for for the way the first thing we met with the hunk of meat. I, I actually think I might buy a, 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 a jerky company where you and I would be like, heart for meat. And uh, that would be the- Heart on for me. Heart on for me. Heart I, I, on. I, uh, heart, <laughs> yeah, don't get me- Hard on. <laughs> by the way, that, that, that's by the way, we'd probably make so much money doing that as well. And then hard we could on. like we could actually put the jerky in a hard thing, and then you know, and then uh, and let's do it. I love it. I'm I'm in. I'm totally in. New business. New well, business. Love it. Well, you already got seventy of them. You need. Yeah, more. I got exactly. What's another one? But this is actually going to be a fun one. Me and you will like slay them with the meat. He's like slay it. Jerky or don't buy. Which one? You know, if you don't, you know, and so we role play that out, but go ahead. What's the story of counter to change? Well, I, I, I want everybody to know that I was not born a great salesperson. I was very, very mediocre. And at one of my first jobs, I was in my thirties. And uh, at the end of the day, my boss slash mentor came up to me and said, I need to see you in my office at the end of the day. I thought I was in trouble. He pulls me into the office, closes the door, looks me in the eye. And he says, I've been watching you. And I got to tell you, you have a rare talent. And if you keep it up and you study hard and you train hard, I have a feeling you're going to be the number one salesperson in our company. Well, so you have to understand anything. I'd never been number one at anything. I wasn't that good. So what I did the next day is I thought, wow, I got this big, rare talent. I got to learn more. I got to read more. I got to. So, so I learned, I read, I, I did everything I needed to do. At the end of that year, I became the top salesperson at that site, having been sort of towards the bottom. And my boss said to me, congratulations, you have a rare talent. Um, then I decided I was going to be number one in the whole company out of 50 sites, out of hundreds of salespeople. Everybody said I couldn't do it. My mentor stood up, said she'll do it. She has a rare talent. You watch. I became the top salesperson in all of Marriott. That's where I started um, by a lot, busted every record that ever happened. I did so well that I got a promotion to work longer hours and make less money. They made me a manager. And the truth is, JT, I was a horrible manager, awful. Nobody liked me. I wasn't good at managing. So I went into my boss's office to quit. I said, Steve, I am not good at managing. I think I need to quit and go back into sales. And that's when he told me something that changed my life. He said, Sherry, are you going to quit? Or do you want me to teach you to be the world's greatest sales manager? I said, no, teach me, teach me. He says, all right. He says, I have a feeling you're going to have hundreds, maybe thousands of people report to you in your life. He said, when you find one, even if they're not that good, but they're hungry to learn, I want you to pull them into your office, close the door, look them in the eye and tell them that they have a rare talent. Wow. I said, are you trying to tell me that all this time you've been telling me I have a rare talent and that I'm something special and you never meant it? And JT looks at me and he says, what difference does it make? Look at you now. 
And I tell you that story because it did change my life. My mentor had this amazing ability to find the rare talent in everybody he saw. He believed in me more than I believed in myself. You talked at the beginning about confidence. So what I would share with anybody listening is this. In order to be successful, you have to find the rare talent in yourself. Stop beating yourself up. You're beating yourself up. You're talking to yourself the way that you would never talk to your child or to anybody you love. You are your own worst enemy. You've got to believe in yourself. Number two, when you meet with a customer, when you have employees, look for what's right. Don't look for what's missing. It's easy to find the bad in people. It's hard to find the good. And when you look for the good in an opportunity or a person, you'll usually find it. Wow. You know, you and I could literally do four hours in a row, and I think we'd still have fun, a lot to discuss as well. Uh, but you and I are both on a schedule today. So is, is there a book you want people to pick up? I, I, I'm going to pick it up myself. Unless you send me a signed one copy, then I could save $20. You know, it is a recession. I, I know, because I hear you're broke. I, I've broke. heard that, that you have no money, you have, have no businesses, no, no money, influence. No. I heard that about you. Yeah, I know. Interesting. And, and by the way, <laughs> yeah, I'm broke. People I, love I this. For my, my, my book, it, it should be in back of me, but, but I must have given it away to somebody uh, and sent it to them so that they didn't have to spend $20. My book is called Heart and Sell, 10 Universal Truths Every Entrepreneur or Every Salesperson Needs to Know. The best thing is follow me on LinkedIn. I produce free content every single day. I believe when you give value and ask for nothing in return, it all comes back tenfold. Yeah, no, obviously. And by the way, what do you think? You've done a lot of podcasts. You were a little uh, skeptical. And since I have no money, no success, no friends, no nothing, you're my first friend. Um, you know, first podcast guest ever. I've never had these other people. I just told you we've had Pacino, Stallone, Schwarzenegger, and all those people, Mark Wahlberg, just so you can come on the show. Yeah, but what about the women? Because you know what? At the end of the day, it's so much harder for us. Uh, yes, it is. What you women know what? have you had on? But welcome to the women's show. For women, by women, <laughs> to women, only for women. And the track, come on, ladies. You know what I mean? I, I hate those, uh, those conferences just, uh, you know, and it's, it's interesting too, because I, I don't know, there's so much more. We could, we could do like 12 different episodes as well. By the way, how was this podcast? Did you enjoy this podcast? We'll see the proofs in the pudding. We'll see. We'll, we'll see how many people reach out, how many people it's up to the audience. It's not my, my, my people. Will reach always out. about always the audience. We'll By the way, everybody reach out to her. So she knows some people are listening. Um, but I think after this interview, I'm going to have the subject, the female version of me, it's going to go viral. So better looking, smarter and younger. But if I had a twin, we'd be twins. I'd be the inferior one um, because since I'm broke and I have no money and I live in a cardboard box, but, um, and I've never done anything. And you have a fake background. I have a fake background, fake name, fake everything. You know what's interesting too is it's always the people who you've never met who say things. And there's there's so much jealousy around. An interesting thing, the greatest thing about the pandemic for me is I literally stopped caring what people thought. Like I'd go on stages, like five, 10,000 people all over the world, 55 countries, literally. Right. And that's so many companies and so many deals. And then I stopped caring. And you know, I started saying, all right, everybody says this. So I created a group called the founders. Right. And what I did is I put literally the wealthiest people I know, billionaires, nine figures, eight figures. And I would, people would watch me do deals live buy this company, buy this business, buy this piece of real estate. We bought Macy's, we bought malls, like bought museums, like, and I, people would see, and literally I pumped $50 million of my money cash. 50 million into people who are either listening to my show or I met on social media. I'm like, send me your deals. I'll invest with you. And 
still people still say who've never showed, who've never done anything. And I realize is that the problem with negative people, they have a problem with every solution. I've got a video. My, I've increased in the last two days, 35,000 followers on Instagram. And it's a video with one of my billionaire partners. I have four uh, in different businesses. And it says, what's the difference between a billionaire and a millionaire? Okay. The video has got 2.3 million views, uh, 28, 108,000 likes. It's 128, insane. It's gone viral uh, just from a week ago. It's still going viral. And I, I read all the comments are like, oh, they're fake. They inherited. They got no money. It's fake. I, you know, like, and I just realized how much negativity there are in the world. And you said something, you know, sometimes people focus on the negative and that's what they do. Uh, so it was very interesting that you brought that up because you made a lot of sense, but I saw your video and literally in which one, like, which video, I forget which one it was. I, I, well, here's like, I saw the video and I immediately text Sam, my assistant. I'm like, get her. That's exactly what I said. Within five seconds, I knew exactly who you are just because your authority, your directness, your power, and your your direct confidence is what I call it because I, I wasn't good at sales either. I wasn't bored. I was a stutterer. I was broke, right? I had no money. Um, still don't. <laughs> um, but the, the confidence is what attracted me. And I, I, I said to myself, like, this is someone everyone can learn from because she will literally not quit till she gets it done. And you've proven it. To, and the fact, and by the way, we've waited what a month and a half for this interview. So it's been a long time. You're um, and I'm, I, I, and I hope we do it again uh, and we go deeper. I know we were both on schedule. So everyone needs to pick up her book, reach out to her on LinkedIn and tell her what you think of the show. And now I'm more motivated to have you uh, this. I'll put the link of her LinkedIn in the bio to even increase convertibility, but more importantly, learn uh, she's giving with abundance and she's giving without anything asking back. Trust me, she has some of the biggest fortune 500 company. She doesn't need anybody, but some of the greatest people they pay it forward and you've definitely done it. And people don't understand. It takes one deal, one person, one opportunity to change your, your life and your business forever. And it starts with that one sale, whether it's convincing someone to do business with you, convincing someone to give you money or convincing someone to buy your product or convincing someone to have your meeting. It's all about sale and how you sell is how you succeed. Anything you want to say my twin? Please check out our beef jerky company. I have two more things to say. It, but one of the best ways to change your emotional state if you're in a bad mood is to go upside down. I'm a big believer in standing on your head. So uh, I'm serious. I think going up, like you need different perspectives. That's metaphoric, but I also mean it. If you get stuck, um, you need to do that. But I also want to say, when you say you've got to convince, you've got to do this. Here's what I believe with all my heart. I don't believe we can have two versions of ourselves. Who we are at home is who we are at work. And in order to sell more, you need to be more. And the reason I love sales is because it's about life skills. It's about listening. It's about being present. It's about researching. It's about knowing how and when and when not to set goals. These are life skills. If you want to sell more, you need to be more. Absolutely. And before you go, uh, I was going to say in your honor, I'd pulled up the picture with their head upside down, but it didn't download correctly. It would have ended up with a very, I very oh, quickly Google on my head right now. If you want me to, uh, you know, but while we save that for part two, part two we'll as well. So, so there you have it in the link, check out her profile, pick up the book and uh, she wants feedback. So send her the feedback that is necessary. Thank you so much for being on. Let's talk thank for a couple you. minutes. That's it. We'll see you next time. I don't think it's going to get any better than that. I'll just plan on retiring, but I do have Mark Wahlberg next, but Mark Wahlberg, Sherry, eh, nothing to compare. Sherry definitely blows everyone out of the water. Thank you, everybody, and we Thank shall you. see you next time.